Welcome once again to another episode of Demand Gen Radio, the one program that brings you all the latest methods and technologies for driving growth and increasing demand. With the voice of Demand Gen, David Lewis. All right. Well, welcome everybody back to another episode of Demand Gen Radio. I am back in the studio. I took a little week of vacation uh, and just got back from Hawaii. And I got to tell you, I, I missed doing the podcast last week. Uh, thank goodness I record some of these in advance for you guys, as I would hate to skip a week. But uh, I was out enjoying some time off, and it's great to be back here in the studio. And I'm excited for you all to meet Sheena Christensen. So today on the program, Sheena is joining me all the way from Chicago. And we were just saying right before we got on the air that uh, it was quite a different weather pattern for both of us last week. She had some snow and I had some some sun uh, and sun time. But uh, Sheena, thank you so much for joining me. How are you? Yes, absolutely. Thanks for having me. I'm great. I want to start off with, with Sheena's uh, origin story, if we can, and give you a little bit into her background. She currently, right now, is on the marketing team. She's marketing manager at SGK, who you'll learn about in a little bit. But, you know, it's nice to have someone on the program. And, and before we talk about kind of current state, uh, kind of how you got there, because it, it's an interesting story when we chatted and, and we have a little bit of, of parallels in our lives. So, Sheena, Take us back. What, uh, what, be, before life as a marketer, where did things start for you? Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, so I'll take you back all the way to 2007 um, when I was just entering college. And um, at that time, I was working full time, going to school full time. I was actually a preschool teacher at a, at a local daycare center in my hometown. And um, during that time, I took two years to, you know, devote a lot of time to work, a lot of time to just getting my general studies completed, and then um, made my way over to the University of Wisconsin-Whitewater, where I studied um, advertising. And um, from there, I was in a campaign class my senior year that really got me into thinking like, wow, I really need to work in an ad agency. I want to be like the little fish, big pond kind of life. Um, So coming from a small town in Wisconsin, I picked up um, and I moved to Chicago, Um, didn't know a single person. And I was just thinking, you know, I want to get into the creative world. I want to work on great brands um, and kind of see where, you know, Chicago would lead me in the advertising world. And when I did arrive to Chicago, I kind of stuck with the the education um, portion of my background where mm-hmm. um, I, I started working as a nanny up in the northern suburbs. And if you're familiar with the northern suburbs of Chicago, it's very posh and an interesting life. Um, also, simultaneously managing a restaurant in Wilmette. And um, from there... I wanted to pursue more of that advertising marketing goal that I had set for myself when I moved to Chicago. So from there, I really got my start in SEO and content writing. And as you can imagine, um, that wasn't really a, a topic in my educational studies. It, Definitely it was not. pretty no, probably not. new at the time, right? Yeah. So. Um, at that time, I was kind of, you know, learning as I went. And um, similar to my role there at um, eTechnologies up in Northbrook, um, I 
I started dabbling in social media. So that was kind of my my first professional attempt of, you know, putting together my creative background and, um, you know, putting together the research classes and campaign classes that I took in college and kind of um, implementing that in a professional setting. Mm -hmm. So from there, I uh, moved over to a, uh, actually it was a partner of eTech, a tech startup called SparkHire, where I was really focused on product marketing. So um, I joined that team, a two-person marketing team at the time, with around 30 employees. Um, I believe it was in its third year. So early startup, small, small, small oh, company yeah. and, and virtually just getting off the ground marketing team. Yes, absolutely. And I, we had a lot of fun on that team because really it was a young crew. The, the owner founder was is my age actually. So um, we had a lot of similarities um, and we really wanted to create, you know, really fun um, content. And in the, in the video interviewing space at the time, it was still fairly new software, but our competitors were really taking more of a traditional marketing approach where we were doing these really fun videos where, you know, we would go on set for a whole day we'd hire actors and I would write the scripts and we would just go through kind of these day-to-day scenarios, Mm -hmm. um, targeting recruiting people, targeting HR folks. So it was really the talking head of the company at the time, which was pretty wild because getting me in front of the camera is just, yeah, I, I just go blank when that red light goes on. So, you know, a, a two-minute script for me took about, you know, four hours you take. <laughs> to get through. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, fix it in post was, was my, my, my quote. It's interesting. all of that time. <laughs> because, um, so again, I, I'm going to wait till we, we catch up to the current state and tell you a, a few similarities along our, our journey. But this this one you're hitting... Uh, you know, SparkHire, for, for folks that don't know, is uh, a video interviewing platform. So, so many of us are hiring rem- remote workers or people all around the world. It's a platform for enabling you to to interview others. And well, at the time, uh, we didn't do work with, with you and the team there. There was a competitor of yours that we did some work, and Kevin Morasco was a CMO there. He's now over at Zenefits with Doug Seacrest, and Doug's been on the, the podcast as well. So I got exposure to that, Sheena, uh, by the work that we did with them many, many years ago. Uh, and when you say like you were, the, you were, the, you know, doing the videos, you, you literally were the actress, you know, you're producing the marketing content, but you're mm-hmm. also performing, uh, I guess if that's the right word, but um, providing the content, your, your tips and other things in there. So I've, I've talked about this on other podcasts, Sheena, but like a corporate video that I made in the nineties was by far at the top of my most embarrassing moments in life. Uh, for all the, for all the things that you're just talking about. And we shot this video and I had to play an actor, uh, that knew nothing about the product and, and have talk to one of the product managers who actually was an actress. So she had experience in acting and she was our product manager. I had no experience in acting and only experience in marketing and sales, 
which uh, you know you might think is acting, but it's nothing, right? When you get behind a lens and it's like lights, camera, action, and you've got to, in that case, I had to read a script. Nothing was ad lib. It was just literally script. It was the hardest thing I've ever done in my career back then. So hard. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but I, I made a personal you know, uh, goal for myself to get comfortable in front of the camera. And it was really cool the other day. I just got an uh, email from one of our partners and they're doing uh, Opstars event in, uh, during the week of Dreamforce. And they said, hey, Dave, we're doing some testimonials and it'd be great to have you do a video with us because you're so comfortable in front of the camera. And just reading that, I was like, you know, the, for, that, for my brand, for myself to be uh, branded in that way, I've come a long way over the last couple of years, but I digress. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna let you keep going. So what was, it, what was it like working in such a small marketing team and, and doing, you know, creating your own content and uh, being the face and voice of, of the company at that point? How, how'd you enjoy that experience, even though uh, getting behind a, a camera was, was tough? Yeah, well, it was um, a lot of work but um, it, it really did open my eyes to the entire organization. I was working with each group of that team. So, I mean, you think of a two-person marketing team, but I was also working with, you know, the sales team very closely, the customer service team, the IT team. Um, we all were very close. So, it's like you kind of have a full view over the entire organization, especially yeah. when in marketing, you're the one putting together the go-to-market strategy language, the Q&As, the FAQs, all that fun stuff for the website. But really, you're collaborating in such a great way where I really did get a whole holistic sense of what was going on, which I think is really unique when you start thinking about bigger brands and bigger companies where you're on a marketing team of, you know, 30 other marketing people, and you're just kind of you know, running your campaigns, doing your own thing, and you're really hyper-focused in one specific area. And I think my experience at Spark Hire really enabled me to become more of a generalist. So, you know, I was writing content and doing all these fun things on social and all of that, but also I was working directly with sales and, you know, monitoring web traffic and answering live chats. So, I mean, you also learn so much more about the product itself and how clients are using it, um, which really then led to my my role here at SGK. We are a global content production agency with over 7,000 employees. Um, but again, here at SGK, we also have a very lean marketing team of five people. So it really does lend itself when you have such a lean team, you get to touch every aspect yeah. of the company. I don't know if you had a chance to listen to the podcast that I did with, with Ian Brown, but anybody who, who hasn't, I would encourage you to just build upon what Sheena's sharing on episode 131. It was about uh, three or four of these ago. Um, he talked, and the subject of that podcast was, should you be a marketer at a startup? And Sheena, like you, he really went into depth about what it's like to roll up your sleeves and work in so many different areas. And I've, I've had the fortune of doing that in my career as well. I mean, I started my career at Microsoft, which is anything but a small company. They were smaller then, about 2,000 employees when I joined them, but uh, certainly much bigger now. And, you know, had a very, very large marketing team. But then I went and did some startups 
And you do, you get to do everything from literally, you know, coding pages of the website and adding scripts uh, to creating images and uh, building out collateral at one moment and, you know, having an executive meeting and laying out your, your plan for the entire year uh, later in the same day. So um, I enjoyed it. Do you, do you have a preference yourself um, now at this stage in your career where working on a bigger team, smaller team or bigger company, larger company, any, any preference? Well, what I have experienced at the larger company is the more people you have um, to, let's, for example, go through the approval process on a piece of content. I mean, you can think about, you know, putting together a timeline and all the back and forth that goes on there where it just, it kind of just pauses your momentum where working on a leaner team, I mean, you just have... I mean, if you're managing one piece of content and you only have one approver, like it just moves quicker. Oh, yeah. um, so I, I don't know. I just really do love the, the smaller team vibe. And, you know, each person does have, you know, their specialization in, to some capacity where, you know, I'm, I'm doing the email campaigns. Um, my colleague Sam is doing, you know, market research and uh, Mel is, on uh, PR. So it's like we are all working towards the same goal using our specialized areas. But I mean, when we come together, we are, we're all, you know, just working towards the same thing. So smaller team all the way for me. <laughs> all right. Well, I, I, I think for me too, certainly at this stage in my career, um, it's interesting being the CEO of DemandGen because when I started the company, so we started in 2007, kind of where your your origin story began. And I did. I got I got to do a lot of different things, you know, being a company of one. Now we're over 70 people and my my role certainly day to day changed dramatically over the years, but I still have to feed my um that this just creative muscle that I have. I really love to create, whether it's creating content or creating a presentation or creating a new framework or methodology for our clients or for the industry. I just have a need to create. And I do uh, really love, Sheena, the ability to just get something done and do it quickly. Uh, I, I would never survive these days in a very large organization where it took forever to get something done and approved and go through all of that process. I'm just, I'm not used to that anymore. It's been too long and I, it'd be hard to go back. Um, before we talk more about SGK, just my quick little advertising story because I never shared it with you. Um, it's in my book and in, in like the forward of the book, but so I studied marketing and computer science as well. And I really loved advertising Sheena. I mean, when I was taking my marketing 300 classes and I had this advertising class with this professor, Jerry Rosen, he ran a very large agency in Los Angeles. So he, he brings projects into class. I don't know if you had the same uh, experience, but he would bring these projects. And one of the companies, or, or I should say agencies that he was representing at the time was the beef industry. And beef was really coming under fire back at this time in the 80s. Uh, and you know, there was the, the pork, the other white meat and, and chicken. Uh, and so people were really bashing 
on beef, and it was it just a lot of bad press out there that you weren't supposed to weren't supposed to eat it. So they were hired by the Beef Association to run some ads and get people to start buying beef and eating beef again. So I worked on this this ad, and this the headline of the ad that I submitted was, "Have you heard all the bull about beef?" And there was this big you know cow, the traditional look of the cow with all the different cuts. And it was it was really talking about how beef is is healthy for you and it's high in iron and you know certain cuts are very low in fat and et cetera et cetera. So anyway, I turn it in and he features the ad that I submitted, got an A on it, and you know had the whole brief. And so I approached him after class and I said, "Hey, can I meet with you in some office hours?" He goes, "Sure." I go, "I'd just like to get some advice from you." He goes, "Yeah, absolutely, Dave." So I go there. Sheena and I say to him, I go, so you really like the advertisement and um, I really enjoyed your class. It's been super fun working. I really would like to go into advertising. And of course, I know you run the agency, can't remember the name, but run the agency in LA and just thought I'd get some career advice because that's a path I'd like to go on. You know, like how much more can I say, can I have a job, please? And he goes, oh yeah, I have some great (laughs) advice for you. And you know what he told me, Sheena? Work at a startup. He didn't tell me that. (laughs) But he told me to go into sales. And he goes, well, I have some mm-hmm. career advice for you. He goes, I want you to go out and look for a sales job. And I said, at an agency? And he goes, well, there are salespeople at agencies. They're the people who help land new clients. But he goes, no, I think more like in a product, something where you can demonstrate it, show it. Uh, and I said, mm-hmm. tell me more about the advice. And he goes, well, if you want to become a really great marketer, you have to learn why people buy and the psychology of how the brain works and pitching. Because if you're going to be a great marketer, you're going to be one day arming salespeople with the messaging and positioning and teaching them and enabling them, et cetera. So I did take his advice Uh and I I went and worked for Microsoft uh, two weeks after graduation. Um, And I was really disappointed, of course, that I didn't work at his agency, but the advice was tremendous because I I feel whether it's hands-on, like we're talking about, like really getting your hands dirty in lots of different areas or just having a strong appreciation for sales and the sales process, it, it certainly has made me a better marketer. And, and as a leader of an organization, you know, the more departments and, and responsibilities that I understand at a certain depth, I do think it helps you um, in, in your career. So it's, it's great that you've had that okay. experience. Talk to us about what you're doing these days at SGK and talk a little bit about uh, SGK's business, because I, I think a lot of people don't know SGK and you guys are certainly... Uh, a leader in your space and and have a global uh, mm-hmm. footprint. So would love to hear about the kind of work that you're doing these days. I know you're working with my team, so we can talk a little bit about that engagement as well. I think that'd be mm-hmm. interesting for people to, to hear about. So what are you guys working on these days? Yeah, absolutely. So we are undergoing a, a lot of change um, and it's all in a very good way. Um, so uh, as just a, a quick refresher on SGK. So we're, we're a, a global content production agency. Um, our, our legacy is really in the packaging and labeling space. So um, under SGK, we have Anthem, Shock, Equator, Brand Image, IDL, and all of those other agencies feed up to the, to the broader SGK group. So when you think of packaging and labeling, a lot of people, you know, think of Shock and Prepress. We also have, you know, a strategy and design arm, which is primarily, you know, brand strategy, design strategy through um, brand image and Anthem and Equator. And we also do some um, workflow optimization and really touch the entire marketing supply chain. 
Um, we also do have tech to back it up. So we're really in the, the beginning stages of the tech phase, but really we are, you know, we're a deployment activation development company to drive brand performance for really big brands. Um, so when we think about um, packaging, I mean, we're thinking the packaging design, the connected pack experience with the Internet of Things, and then bringing that experience online. So we're just now kind of getting into the content space. So we're, um, you know, getting into website development, social media, e-commerce. I mean, all of this really stems from a need from our clients in the packaging space to really move along and keeping up pace with the ever-changing marketing supply chain. Um, so that's really um, what SGK is all about. And my main role here today, you know, I, I came on the SGK, t SGK um, team um, as a social media specialist. And that role has really evolved into more of the marketing manager role where, you know, we're taking localized approaches and creating a global toolkit to be used for several verticals under, under SGK. So when we think about, you know, we have an SGK health team where we're creating, you know, the, the blog content, the, the sales enablement tools like presentation decks and email campaigns to support that business. In the team, the marketing team is how big now? How many folks are on it? We have five team members. <laughs> and and do they work you know, divided across the different clients that you guys serve? I would imagine. So some way. Yeah. So we're we're actually, and this is kind of a new approach to our internal marketing structure too, where um, we're kind of. Dividing up the verticals in a way, so you know I don't get, you know, all of the all of the work um, for each vertical. So like right now, I'm working on the health side and our SGK photography verticals, and then a couple of my colleagues they're working more on the consulting side. So really, we we we're trying to split it up in a way, but it's still owned by the global marketing team. So mm -hmm. we know that all of the strategy, all the language is consistent. Let's talk about the work that you're doing with my team. When, when you guys are doing the email marketing campaigns for your clients, what's the process that you guys go through in terms of you know, coming up with the, the creative and the strategy around it? Is the client primarily um, leading that or you guys have to consult and bring your, your expertise there? Yeah, so all of our email campaigns are internal campaigns run through, you know, our, our marketing team. So when the SGK Health Group comes to us and says, we want to deploy a campaign, like a five-drip campaign about our new SGK Health offering, because really, we in the past, we hadn't really had nurture streams set up to, to nurture the SGK database. So right now what we're doing is we're, you know, segmenting our audiences based on those verticals. And then um, I'm working closely with our SGK health business owners on approvals and all that fun stuff to then <laughs> deploy these nurture campaigns through Marketo. And we're going through this other 
exercise with your team on optimizing our 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 um, CRM and our marketing automation system. So it's really like this two side projects going on at once to lead up to a closed loop system where we can, you know, attribute pipeline and revenue back to these marketing campaigns, which is something we haven't really done before. Nice. That well this this part of our practice called our campaign services came about from a relationship with one of our clients, NetApp, and another company called BEA. And this is going back to like 2008, 2009. And they were scaling really, really rapidly. And they had no one who knew how to use marketing automation at that time. So they were getting marketing automation uh, for all the good reasons that people do. But they knew that they had to do like a lot of email marketing. And just through a conversation with me, they said, hey, Dave, do you think that your team could help us with that. And this is, again, like 2007, 2008, and my team consisted of maybe 14 of us at some point. And I'm like, sure, like how many campaigns do you guys think you're going to be doing on a monthly basis? And they said, probably like 150. And I was like, 150 campaigns a month. And um, we said, well, to be transparent, we can do it, but we're going to have to hire a bunch of people to bring them on board. And they said, oh, well, that's great because we would much rather that you hire the people to run the campaigns. And the reason was, and I, I'd like to hear kind of your rationale, because back then it was, we don't want to have to worry about finding these people, recruiting these people, onboarding them, training them. And frankly, Dave, like once they do email production work for a certain period of time, they'll probably want to move into a different role. And so we don't want to have to deal with that transition of, of other, you know, having to keep, you know, rinse and repeat and bring on someone else on it. And so we didn't really have a formal practice back then, Sheena. We just did this work for a couple clients. And then I think it was around 2013, 2014, um, we actually hired a head of managed services and built out a practice. And it's, it's one of the largest areas of our of our business. There's well over 30 people on that team alone, and we do this for about 30 some odd clients, including you guys. So I'd be curious, you know, how much has changed in that time? I've certainly, you know, um, talked with many other of our clients, and we do this, as I said, for a lot. What was your thinking? What was why why outsource this versus uh, not doing, you know, just staffing up and bringing some people internally? What was what was your thought process? Mm-hmm. Um, so. Historically, what our campaigns looked like was really a batch and blast. Mm -hmm. And we weren't really, you know, contributing anything back to marketing. We were, we did have a lot of great things working for us. Like we had monthly webinars, we have our, our blog content, we have social, we have all these things going on. But at the end of the day, our Salesforce and Marketo instance weren't really syncing properly. So it's like, sure, we're doing all these great things, but what does that mean? It, we couldn't report on it. So the reason where, you know, why we got to that point of outsourcing this work is because first off, we needed a deep analysis of our systems mm-hmm. and we just didn't have the capacity on our really small team to do so. And we don't have the expertise either, really. So when we're looking at pumping out these campaigns, like, great, we have this webinar campaign, but our data isn't that clean. So why are we even doing this kind of thing? So that's when we took a pause and we're like, okay, so if we want our marketing to work, we'll get back to these really great things that we're doing with the webinars and all that. 
but we need to clean it up first so that we can report on it. Um, so that's really when we leverage demand gen to come in, do a complete audit for us and make the recommendations needed. And the other thing was we weren't doing these kind of updates on, you know, a quarterly basis where, you know, the technology is changing. Marketo alone has, you know, have since been acquired by Adobe and so many other changes and other releases happening where we can't really keep our, you know, we can't keep up to date with all of that while also trying to create these campaigns to begin with and working with our global teams on the content. So really we needed a partner to kind of just join our team in a sense to handle the, the, the execution of what we're developing with our other teams. Appreciate you sharing that. It, it is interesting to see at different times these platforms get anywhere from bug fixes to tremendous new functionality. We here at DemandGen, our CRM, the CRM we actually use is salesforce.com, although we have instances of other CRMs, and we have an instance of every one of the leading marketing automation systems. We have a Pardot instance, we have a HubSpot instance, we have Marketo, which is what we use now, uh, and we have uh, Eloqua, and, and we've used... As a company, we've used Eloqua, we've used HubSpot, and like I said, now we use Marketo. So my team, you know, we have different, certainly folks that are experts, ninjas, as we sometimes call them, rock stars on given platforms. But we also have a lot of what we'll call like two-footed or, or, or multi-footed, I guess there's only two, um, soccer players. You know, they, they know many of the different platforms and use them. And it's interesting to see that there really is becoming more uh, of a separation between the different platforms from a functionality perspective. I mean, yes, they all do emails. Yes, they all do landing pages. Yes, they have some type of lead scoring capability and nurturing capability, but some just really have much greater tool sets and strengths than others. And I'm seeing even just more and more growth in sales enablement technology uh, that is that is you know coming out from the different. So I'm I've been looking uh, getting a glimpse into the next releases of Marketo. They as a partner um, they show us what they're working on and, and take us inside. And it's 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 cool to see um, some of the new interface elements and some of the new capabilities. Any any particular things in marketing automation that you find in the role there and the work that your team does that that you favor outside of just uh, the email and multi-touch campaigns? You know things that you like. And, and focus on? Yeah, well, so as I mentioned before, I, I kind of come from a, a creative side where the analytics was never really something of interest to me until recently when, you know, we leveraged DemandGen to help us understand these reports coming from both systems. So I'm starting to lean a little bit more on the data, which nice. is really, really different from from, you know, where I started where I'm like, I just want to make a pretty email and a pretty landing page and I want it to look great. Um, but now it's like we have so much data at our disposal where it's like we can really target and we have really complex buyers and, you know, across all these verticals. So it's really interesting now to see that where I can then go to the content development side and go, well, this is what we need for this um early, mid, and late stage nurture and really start to tell a, a more relevant and compelling story to these targets that really I hadn't thought about, <laughs> to be honest, before. Um, you know, historically, I just 
reached out to the SMEs on our team for that information, but now I can really see it and work with content development to put together that nurture. The, the combination of, I'm glad to hear you're, you're branching out more, just going deeper in the data side, because I think when you power the data and the content, the things that you can do these days are quite impressive. Uh, I was catching up with my daughter yesterday, my daughter Audrey, who's finishing up her senior year at San Diego State University, and she's working now for Stitch Fix. Um, she's done a lot in social like you. She's, um, she's done a lot in influencer marketing. In fact, um, just a shout out again for those of you catching up on episodes. I did an episode on influencer marketing with Danielle Wiley, who's a CEO of Sway Group, um, episode 133, definitely worth giving a listen to about how to apply influencer marketing, which is traditionally in B2C to B2B. And Audrey worked for Danielle for a period of time. So I'm uh, very familiar with the work there. The work she's doing now at Stitch Fix, you know what she was saying to me is that, um, so Stitch Fix, for those that don't know, is um, you have you, you basically have an, an online coach for doing uh fashion for doing uh, outfits and, and stuff. I don't know if you're familiar with it, Sheena, but what she shared with me is that one of the folks there that um, works on the algorithms for recommending what to buy, what to wear uh, for the consultants came from Netflix. And he applied the same type of algorithmic approach to, you know, that little 98% or 78%, you know, that you might like this show, okay. um, the concepts there for the outfits. And so she and I were talking about, because she asked me, she goes, you know, are you seeing that in with your clients as well? And I said, yeah, I go, there's even capabilities and platforms like Marketo and others to recommend and serve up content based on preferences and digital body language and things like that. So it's really cool. I think your, your passion for creative um, combined with uh, you know, the knowledge and expertise of what we can do from a data perspective, because that's what we want to do, right? Serve up a very personalized, right content right time right place message and we're going to get we're going to get more and more tools to to make that possible what other uh these days things are are uh keeping you busy well we have website redesign coming up we have um let's see we just have been compiling a lot of case studies so i know that's kind of boring corporate marketing stuff but really um we're creating an internal resource center which I, I don't think I'll share the name quite yet because it might change, but okay. um, that's another ongoing project where we're coming from a global perspective where we're collecting assets and um, trying to just really enhance our employee engagement with these, all this content that we're putting together. So, um, we're putting together toolkits, templates, all this great stuff to be used internally where we do, of course, have a monthly newsletter where we send out, you know, our, our, our new content of the month, which could be, you know, 10 to 12 new pieces. But we're seeing that internally, if we're not explaining how to exactly use this, it, they're just not going to, right? So we have a new portal where we're going to make a collection of all the assets, highlight the purpose and how to use it. So if it's a new white paper that we create, this is the message that you should include in your email to send to clients prospects to keep the conversation going. So that is a new project 
that, you know, just got kicked off last week. So with that and website refresh, I mean, it's busy. It's kind of, it's very, very busy. Yes, indeed. (laughs) Yeah. The website redesigns have always been fun projects. I've enjoyed working on them. I mean, I I do think when you're done, you're so sick of looking at it that when it's new to everybody else, you're like, yep, that's the website, right? You know, Mm -hmm. you, you spent so much time on it. Justin on our marketing team who produces the podcast, who's producing this podcast uh, that you and I are doing and all of them, he does something with our our team in that uh, all of the consultants and the client engagement managers and various folks on the services team, we produce a marketing calendar. And he manages that calendar and works with them to produce the content that we create for our blog uh, and and other purposes, we do have a resource hub. Um, since you're since you're protecting the names, I'll I'll I will, I'll do the same. And and our hub is is powered by one of the leaders in the space out there. And I really I'm a big proponent of these resource hub technologies. I mean, if you can provide a Netflix like binging experience of your content, mm-hmm. it's really great, and they have a lot of capability. Um, but you mentioned something earlier that I'd encourage everyone as they're starting to plan, you know, 2020 is to think about getting that amplification. I mentioned influencer marketing before you have an entire employee base of let's call it influencers, mm-hmm. right? Um, I have some folks on my team who have thousands of followers on LinkedIn, others that have a few hundred, but everyone has an audience and everyone can build an audience. So if you're taking your content that you're producing and not just putting it on your website, but finding people who have a following or want to um, publish the content uh, as you've done. I mean, you did a lot of that when you were back at, um, at Spark Hire. I mean, even on LinkedIn, you've got a number of different videos that you produced while you were, were there. And I, I'm glad you brought it up because I don't think people think enough about enabling the sales team with good content to put on their LinkedIn profile or anyone who's customer facing or mm-hmm. anyone who's got a following, but it's a great way to really amplify uh, the content for sure and, and not just have it on, on your website. I'm so glad you brought that up because we've seen it to be just incredibly successful, not only sourcing content development from your organization, but having them publish it as well. I'm glad you, mm-hmm. glad you brought that up. And thank you for, for working with my team. I know that was a bet, right? It was a different uh, approach uh, for you guys and it's been working out really, really well. My team loves working with you guys. And it was when I said to them, I said, hey, I'm always looking for great people to be on the podcast. Who do you recommend? Recommend. And he said, you should have Sheena do it. It'd be great to have her on there. Um, so appreciate <laughs> oh, that's that. Wonderful. Yeah, your team has just been so great. Oh, thank you. They, you know, it's, it's interesting, the campaigns team, because the work that they do in a lot of ways is repetitive. I mean, every email looks different and every landing page looks different and, and mm-hmm. forms and that type of stuff. But it's very production oriented work and they do such a great job with it. And QA is incredibly important, right? Everybody gets afraid to to hit the send button, right? If you've ever done email mm-hmm. marketing, you're like, okay, here it goes. 100,000 emails and I'm clicking send now. God, I hope that list segment was right and everything looked good. But they do it you know, day in and day out, all day long for our clients. It's very, very cool. Well, thank you. Um, mm-hmm. Interesting interesting career you know, for you coming in uh, as you've done through product marketing and um, you know, great expertise in B2B marketing. Whoever thought, you know, someone who, school teacher at a daycare in, in Oregon uh, <laughs> and, and a bartender and waitress, which two other roles you and I share. I was a waiter, but same, same thing, right, <laughs> you know, uh, throughout our careers. So we've, we've certainly had a lot of experience uh, dealing and communicating with people. And I think uh, the more that you understand 
as my professor Jerry said, you know, understand the brain and why people buy and, and communication skills, super important. You love content. So uh, you, you mentioned the case studies, you know, like almost like, oh, boring old case studies, but uh, done right. Are you doing any of them in video or are you doing them all written these days? Yeah, some of them will be in video actually. Oh, so yeah, getting a little bit more engaging. <laughs> big fan of, of video. Uh, I am. And, and I, I think it comes from that uncomfortable place I was at, but yet I know it's such a powerful medium and, uh, talk about, uh, as you said earlier about getting, uh, review processes, right? If, if the written word mm-hmm. goes through editors, sometimes the videos, they can, they can present a, a challenge unless you really make it organic and go out there and, and shoot them. Well, thank you so much for the time. So proud of what you guys are doing and the growth that you guys have experienced. Um, you've been there now, only, you're coming up on your fourth year anniversary at, at SGK and you guys have been doing some some great work. So I will be sure to say hello to the team and, uh, and they, they were very excited we were doing the podcast together. And um, let's come back another time and, and talk about some of the nurture programs because I think that that's an art in and of itself. It's one thing to have yeah, really absolutely. good you know, subject lines and content, but the art of nurture and being mm-hmm. really effective there um, is something that we should cover another time and have you back. Oh, absolutely. I'm really excited to kick that project off. Cool. All right. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll circle back that in 2020. And thanks again for, for joining me. And thank you, everybody, for tuning in. As I said, I missed you last week when I didn't have a chance to, to do a podcast, record one, but we're cranking them out every single week. And I appreciate um, all the, the support that you guys give. And as I've said on a few episodes, one way um, I really enjoy creating the content for you guys and getting these stories like Sheena's out there for you, if you can take a moment, any of you, Sheena, you included, and just go to iTunes and give a quick rating to the podcast, that would be great. And the reason it's great is because it helps amplify. We talked about influencers, right? You can be an influencer to me just by clicking that rating button and getting more and more exposure to the podcast because it's great to see month after month more people listening to it. And I have you to thank for all that. But that's going to do it. We'll catch all of you on the next episode. And I hope you're having a great day. Take care. You've been listening to Demand Gen Radio, bringing you the top industry experts, thought leaders, authors, marketing technology firms, and senior marketing leaders from around the world to teach you the methods and technologies for high-performance marketing. 